Well, how I came about um, coming to the passage that we're going to speak on, which is Psalms 46, was someone, you know, with the whole political thing going on, some of us, I think all of us in this room are just glad it's over, um, no doubt, and tired of our phone ringing and being pestered with all kinds of stuff. But in this, in our church, there's no doubt people of both persuasions, right? There's Republicans in here and there's Democrats in here. And I'm just thankful that in Christ we are one. That we're not divided by politics, right? We have one Lord, one King, and that's the one we look to. Um, But I know some of you felt like, oh my word, another four years. Are you kidding? And there was others that were celebrating that, great, we have another four years, (laughs) And sometimes, some of the things I heard, um, many of you took it in stride and know that Jesus sits on his throne, he's not going to be shaken by a president. Um, <clears throat> and, but there were some that just, the exhale, like, really, this, is, this could be long and hard. Um, and I, I, I felt that, and, and so someone I highly respect had mentioned this psalm to me that was a solace to them. I thought, that makes sense. I often go to this psalm when there's trials. And so I thought, okay. So I kind of logged that away earlier in the week, but again, I wasn't thinking about this. And then hearing some of the comments and knowing what some of you are going through and knowing an experience I had earlier this week too with a man who's deeply struggling. He's not a part of our church, but deeply struggling with his faith. Because his wife is very sick, and his children are sick, and it's financially devastating him, though he makes good money. Because the kind of sickness that they have, medication doesn't fix. And he is just at his wit's end. This has been going on for 10 years, and he feels like he looks down the road and sees that it's not ending anytime soon. And he, and he said to me, you know, I can believe in the God of the Old Testament. Came to faith just recently in March. He said, I can believe in the God of the Old Testament. He has his kingdom that he is working out, but I can't help but feel like a pawn in this whole play. That I am just a, a piece in the puzzle and praise his name, his kingdom come, but he doesn't care about me. I'm expendable. And when you hear that, it kind of just makes your heart sink. He said, so I I, I can understand the God of the Old Testament, but I don't get this God of love in the New Testament. doesn't make sense to me. And so we sat and we talked, and I, I more listened than anything. He's a very thoughtful man, has read through the Scriptures, understands a lot of passages that you would tell him. But he is wrestling with the idea, can God really love me if he is all powerful? Why? If he really loves me, then why? And it is really easy, especially in America, to forget that we're in a spiritual battle. That this is not our home. We are aliens here. And we are at war. And we will be at war until we go home. But the idea that our God is not with us is as foreign to the Scriptures as any idea I can think of. That our God does not care 
is completely foreign to every part of the Bible from beginning to end. And so when I was thinking about it and thinking about, you know, all the hubbub of, you know, the politics and just that conversation, I thought, and then thinking of what, you know, Hope Ministry is doing this week and, and people that are hurting and have lost loved ones and Veterans Day and there's families that are broken because they've lost loved ones. And, and, and the, you know, how do you bear all that? And it's not going to change. Right? It's not like we're going to usher in a utopia anytime soon. The only one who's going to do that is Jesus, and he's got a plan for that, but it may not be soon. So how do we bear in the meantime? How do we bear up under the pressure? Well, I want to look at Psalm 46 and go through it with you and see if this doesn't help you as it's helped me in, at many times in my life. In Psalm 46, it says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though its mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in her in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. One of the things I love about the Bible is that it's, it's true to reality. It's one of the things that makes me know that the Bible is authentic. It doesn't hide things. It doesn't gloss over things. Even in this psalm, you find in it trouble. You find right away in verse 2, we will not fear even though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, though nations rage and kingdoms totter. The Bible is just real with the, the stuff that goes on. And we're talking, this, some of this is beyond sandy, right? This is cataclysmic, almost going back to the beginning of Genesis when God called the mountains out of the sea. He's going back and saying, if the mountains went back into the sea, if we went back to that time when it was chaotic, before I brought life on the earth, before it was inhabitable, you don't need to fear. That's kind of spooky stuff. I mean, I look at the devastation of Sandy, and that is spooky stuff. You see homes just destroyed. And that's just one storm. This is talking beyond that. Nations that are raging against each other, warring with one another, 
So much so that they're tottering. Some are falling, probably for, for financial reasons. Like, is Greece going to be saved? Or is that going to cause the next financial crisis? Is the European markets going to go down? And we're so tied to them, we're next? Real stuff. The, the Bible is full of reminders of stuff. Jesus warned his disciples. He said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, will they not also persecute you? He goes on and reminds us, be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils. You will be beaten in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. You're going to be beaten for my sake. You're going to go, the governors who would and should be giving you justice, you're going to go up against as felons for doing righteousness, for doing good. And if that weren't bad enough, it says they will, they will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Some of you have experienced when you came to Christ division in your family. I've got a dear friend who we talk about Christ and he is Muslim. And he said to me one time as we discussed faith and he's, his family are strong believers and, and so it's really heavy on him. And he said to me one day, he said, Dan, you don't understand. If I became a Christian, I'd lose my family. Because he's Muslim. Not his immediate family, but his mom, his brothers, his sisters would divorce him. And that weighs heavy on him. So he's seriously counting the cost because he reals, realizes this is a reality. There's another verse, it went down too far. But in Timothy, it says, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Kind of a, hate to pop your bubble and make your day kind of grim. Um, sometimes you come to church and you think, well, we need an up, upbeat, positive message. But you are in warfare. Just like our veterans have been in warfare. Those who still serve deal with warfare. We are Christian soldiers. We deal with real stuff. And I think sometimes in America, it is easy to begin to think, I deserve better. It's easy to take your eye off the prize and start to look horizontally and say, this is hard. This is too much. But even in the, the psalm that we're talking about, there is just a bright light in the midst of all the red anger. Look at this. The earth gives way. The mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. This environmental nightmare that's being talked about. And the nations on the other side and sandwiched in between is this glorious 
reality for the Christian. And this is Old Testament. So the man who I was speaking to telling me that the God of the Old Testament doesn't care about his people is, that's crazy. Right in the middle, sandwiched in between, is our God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in her midst. She shall not be moved. The habitation of God is who? You can speak in church. Who is it? Us. We are the temple of the living God. We are His holy habitation. He is promising that we will not be moved. Can we be killed in this life? Absolutely. They can kill our bodies. But you know what? We will rise again. That is an unstoppable reality. And God is saying, I'm in your midst, in the midst of the chaos. I am there with you, and I will never leave you. And this is throughout the psalm. Look at how many times God reminds us of who he is for us. God is our refuge, strength, very present help in trouble. In the midst, will help with us, our fortress. You think the psalmist is trying to get a point across? And I I do want to say something. Sometimes we look in this life for the, the relief. Right? We want relief. But what is this saying? God is our refuge. Not here. Not our circumstances, but God in the midst of our circumstances we are unmoved in. And I was speaking to a dear sister of mine this week, and she's, they, her family has went through a tremendous amount over the last couple of years. And she said to me, unwavering, that she is so glad for what they've been through these last couple of years. And that was astounding to me because of what they went through and how much I know about it. She said, God has drawn me so close to himself. I would go through it again. God is our refuge. Not this life. God is our refuge. He is the place we find solace. He is the place we go to when our strength runs out. And he doles it out more to bear up under our circumstances. You walk away from God and you will fail. Because your human strength only goes so far. My human strength only goes so far. But in God, He is our strength. And is He far from us? Absolutely not. He is our very present help in our troubles. He's not a far distant deity who's just looking on from afar saying, well, someday I'll fix it. I've got my grand plan. You're just a pawn in it. I don't really care about you. Because I, I'm, I'm concerned about my big plan. We are part of his big plan. You realize that? His big plan includes us. He loves us tremendously. The Bible from beginning to end talks about a God who wants to be with his people. That's his big plan. He is committed to being with his people. He is in our midst. And He is our fortress. 
Every fortress in history has toppled. Just given time, one day America will be in the history books as something that toppled. It's just time. But there is one place, there is one fortress that cannot, will not, nor will ever be toppled. That is our God. He is your habitation. He is your dwelling place. He is the only place where you're going to find solace, real relief, real strength, real hope. Circumstance may not change. They may get worse. And if the Bible and Timothy has anything to say about it, it will get worse. And we have brothers and sisters around the world who are experiencing worse all the time. Did you notice at the end of that clip all the boldness that they had? Where does that come from? Why do we quiver so easy over psychological drama? And they're dealing with the loss of families. You know, A.J. was here, as you can remember, a while back, and he said something to me that just stuck with me. He said, Dan, I don't know how you pastors do it here in America. And I thought, what do you mean? He says, all the counseling you guys got to do. I don't know how you do it all. He says, not that it's wrong. It's just we don't have to do that in India because people are worried about dying. They're facing real persecution. They, they're facing life and death. So I, I don't know if we, we have more time for introspection and we spend too much time looking inward rather than looking upward. I don't know. But that stuck with me. I thought, that is an interesting comment. Why am I so worried when my life's so easy? Not that we don't have troubles, but I think our troubles in comparison are smaller. And I think the problem is we're not looking upward enough. It is God who is our habitation. I don't look to my circumstances to bring me peace. I look to God. If he changes my circumstances, great. I guarantee he will change our circumstances, but it may not be in this life. He is our fortress. What else does the psalmist have to tell us? That God can protect his people. In the midst of this, these nations raging and foaming at the mouth, he utters his voice and the earth melts. Does God have the power to protect us? Absolutely. Like I said, he is unrivaled. That's why he's a fortress that we can be safe in. He is unrivaled. Nations may totter. Nations may topple. But our God stands forever. He has all power. And all he's got to do is speak. And not only nations disappear, but the earth itself will melt. That's our God. So not only is he personal, he's with us, but he has power to protect his people. 
This thing doesn't want to switch. And he reminds us, I love the psalmist, because we don't do this enough. We don't look back at the history of God. But he reminds us of the works of God, how he's brought desolations on the earth, how he makes wars to cease. And then he almost goes futuristic to the ends of the earth. That will happen. How has God done that in the past? Well, just think of your, your forefathers, the Israelites in Egypt. God told the greatest nation in the world, let my people go. And he demonstrated and trumped all their gods. And you know what happened? They let his people go. Because he's not to be trifled with. Remember that your God has reigned in the past. He's reigning now in your hearts. He has the power and he will make all things right. But look back at his, his track record. You know, candidates always talk about their track record. Sometimes we don't get to see much of it, but they tell us it's really good. God's track record is actually really good, and he's written it down for us. It's impeccable. He can be trusted. And we have a future. I love the ending. God can protect. God has protected. And God will protect. Why? Because remember, God's plan includes us. And the psalmist is very clear. God decides to speak up in the midst of this. Be still. Quit fretting. Be still. You don't need to fear. Be still. Psalm ends like it begins. You don't need to fear. Uses a different term. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Our kingdom in Christ is absolutely secure. There is a day coming when we will experience perfect peace. May not be tomorrow, but it's coming. God's people will experience perfect peace. God's people will experience perfect joy. God's people will experience perfect love, uninhibited, Perfect comfort. We will lack nothing. And nothing will ever interrupt that perfection and glory. We will stand in the presence of this mighty God who will wipe every tear from our eyes. Don't tell me he doesn't care. He is with you. He is for you. He will always be that way. That's who he is. He is our God. He won't change. Nobody will rival him. Ever. 
Look back at his track record. Know that he can protect you right now. Know that even if they take your life, take the lives of your children, they will raise again. All who are in Christ will raise again. They can't do more than that. That's why our brethren around the world don't fret. Do they, are they fearful at times? Sure. But God meets them in that fearfulness and gives them a boldness that is beyond description. It's real. It's very real. In fact, a verse that would be worth memorizing for all of us would be Philippians, where it says, be anxious about, Do not be anxious about anything. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. How can you do that? How can you never be anxious? How can you give thanksgiving? Well, when we do so, it declares our trust and God shows up in a unique way. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. That when we quit running around trying to fix all, everything ourselves, when we quit being fearful, when we be still and know that He is God, that there is a peace that believers have that the world does not understand. And it's very, very, very real. And that's for us. Now. In the present. God is with us in the present. And he manifests himself in that way. As we come to the table this morning, um, it declares God's faithful to us in no other way. God gave his own son. God came down to earth to be our seal, our security. To make sure that nothing would get in the way of His future plans for us. Not our sin, not this world. Death cannot stop us. We will rise again. Jesus proved that when He rose on the third day and promises that He's the first fruits of many, of all who believe in Jesus Christ. God is with us. This table symbolizes that. A reminder that Jesus gave to us to declare his death until he comes again. Because it's in his death that power was released. A power to save, a power to secure, and a power that will never leave us. And before you come to the table, I'm going to pray, but before you come to the table, I just want you to take a moment And ask yourself, where am I? Do I believe this? Or am I like the man that I talked with this week? That I have a hard time with all the chaos and all the trouble in my life. That God really loves me. And if you're that way, be honest with him. There's one thing I know about our God. He wants genuine, honest conversation. Real prayer. Ask him to help you believe. And he will.
It may not be immediate. But as you release yourself into his hands, he will give you that faith. Persist in pursuing the Lord. Don't give up. And you will find him, is what James says, when we search for him with all our hearts. God is real. He is with us. And he wants us to be confident and unshaken. But the only place that happens is in him, not in this world. It's only in him while we walk through this world that we're unshaken. So as I pray, um, those who are going to help me serve the table, and as you feel led, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, come, partake, remember what the Lord has done. Remember that in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus went to heaven to send the Holy Spirit to live in you. Remember that. If you're a believer, he is in you. You have a source of power within you who is God that you can trust in. So would you pray with me? Father, I just ask this morning that you might be gracious to us. Father, this world is difficult and it is only going to get more difficult. But you are with us. You are our refuge. You are our strength. You're our very present helper in time of trouble. You are our fortress that will never be broken into. And so when we are in you, we are secure. Father, this world can take our lives but it cannot take our eternal lives. And it can only take our life temporarily because as you showed us in your Son, we will rise again. Death is but a temporary moment in time. And then we're in your presence. Help us to trust. Help us to rejoice. Father, secure us in your hand. Remind us that we're in your hand and no one can take us out. Father, you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. It's in you that we stand firm. We love you. May we honor you as we come to the table. Father, thank you for your forgiveness that you demonstrated through your Son and what we celebrate this morning and our eternity ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen.